Welcome back to the Facts of Family Accountability, Compassion and Truth, Safe Space. I'm Millie. And I'm Natasha. So as always, we start with sponsorship and there's always availability. So if anybody's interested in being a sponsor and shouting out their business, send us a message and we would love to talk about your cause, your business and all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. We definitely support all of the small businesses, which is who we've been working with in the past. So again, if you have a small business, if you have even like a social media account or anything that you want to shout out, we will do that through our sponsorship. All right. So let's move into the news, girl. I know you said that you didn't really see anything else that was interesting. So I wanted to bring up the Scott Peterson case and the LA Los Angeles Innocence Project picked up his case. And there's been like a lot of apparently Twitter back and forth. But the Los Angeles Innocence Project is separate from the regular Innocence Project. So the Innocence Project, they came out, they're like, it's not us. We're not picking up the case. LA is completely separate. So just wanted to bring that up. And then the article that we'll have in the show notes, I wanted to like kind of just give a brief overview of it. And then you let me know what you think about this, Millie. But basically, for anybody that doesn't know who Scott Peterson is or who Lacey Peterson is back in 2004 Lacey the wife of Scott Peterson was murdered and she was I think eight or nine months pregnant with their unborn son at the time and so Scott Peterson was convicted of this in 2004 sorry she was murdered I think in 2002 or 2003 in 2021 Scott Peterson's death sentence so he got a death sentence it was vacated and he was just to remain behind bars for life and it was a long story like it was the longest trial I actually think he had like multiple trials and now the Los Angeles Innocence Project picked up his case they said that they're investigating the case and they said that there's potentially some evidence that the defense never received and so they're going to be checking that out for claims of actual innocence and to see if they would would be willing to even move forward with it. So they're like using very vague language, but they have picked it up. So what are your thoughts, Millie? What do you remember about the trial? I know like there's so many podcasts about this. Maybe I'll link a couple of really good ones. Yeah. So, but of course I do recall her death being very, you know, out in the news. One of my questions when these Innocence Project pick it up is what did the defense not get? How do they get to a place of feeling like this person is actually innocent? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the justice system, did it truly, truly fail? Which, yes, we've seen in other situations, it's failed. But where do they feel that he's innocent? Because how long, Mm -hmm. let me look at the article real quick. How long has he been incarcerated for? I think since 2004, so 20 years now. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. He got the death sentence. And then him and his family, he has like multiple pages on like Facebook and things like that, proclaiming his innocence and his family believes him. So they've Mm -hmm. been doing appeals and appeals and appeals and appeals. And so finally, he did get that death sentence vacated. But he like continuously claims that he's innocent and he didn't do this. And he's never like staggered even once where you can be like oh come on dude you totally did this to his cellmates to everybody he's always like nope nope not me not me but there's overwhelming evidence 
So I don't know what, yeah, some of the evidence that there is against him is basically when she surfaced. So it took like three to four months for her body to surface from the water. Yeah. So when she surfaced, they found her in the same place that he went fishing the day that she was murdered or the day before she was murdered then in the rental like where he stored his boat they found that he made four anchors that basically could hold a person down they were cement anchors why do you need these anchors if you use them as an anchor for your boat like literally your boat will sink with them and then he had lied about like all of this so he had told i think either her sister or a family friend that he had gone golfing not fishing and then his story changed and then amongst all of that he had a girlfriend so he had like a affair with a girlfriend and so it was like he had motive because he didn't want to be married anymore and he was telling his girlfriend the whole time that he never wanted to have kids and basically they're like dude there's just no way that it wasn't you (laughs) You know what's interesting? That was one part solidified. Like there was evidence to point towards his. But what if he truly, and I'm just, you know, thinking outside the box. What if he truly is innocent, Mm -hmm. but Lacey's family already condemned them to being guilty? Because Mm -hmm. you always think that the closest person, like in a partnership or in a relationship where one of the spouses died, you naturally go with the spouse. They're the people Mm. that they spend a lot of time with. But I also wanted to say that the LA Innocence Project is known for working on cases of low income defendants. Mm -hmm. And so why would they take Scott Peterson's case? Apparently his family is affluent and they Mm -hmm. have the ability to hire a slew of top-notch lawyers. Mm -hmm. What is really behind them taking Scott versus actually other individuals that are truly innocent. Yes, ding, 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 girl. That's another thing I was going to bring up. So you are an investigator. This is why we love true crime. Millie is an investigator. I did not even share the link to the article with her till now. (laughs) And she's already like investigating this. So yes, absolutely. And so I didn't even read the article until recently. I listened to a couple of podcasts that went over this and one of the podcasts discussed this exact thing and I agree with them. This is why I want to share their point of view. What they talked about is a couple of things. One, is he taking money away from the true innocent projects that the LA Innocence Project can work on? Is he taking away money and efforts and things like that? And I I absolutely think so. Like you said, his family is affluent. They are completely behind him. They have already spent hundreds of thousands of thousands, maybe even millions of dollars to like keep trying to prove that he's innocent. So why would they take this on? So one of the theories that they actually gave on this podcast is they're thinking that because this case is so popular, that if they take this on, then they'll have a lot more donors and a lot more people donating to the cause, which will then help the other cases that aren't getting as much traction because they may not have as much funds to help them. But this case, exactly. let's say he is innocent and we're just going to be honest. We all have our judgments. What if he's not? Mm -hmm. Why this case? 
the other thing was kind of like you said, maybe he is innocent and the new evidence that they have that says like exonerates him. Nobody has seen it. Nobody has really talked about it. They said that the defense never got it. So I'm super interested to see like what it could possibly be. But I think from like what his circle of people has said, there was a robbery on their street like a little bit before this happened. So they think that she saw the robbery. They think that it was those people and they think that they have new evidence based on that, but like nobody really knows. So yeah, we will see. It's interesting because it's been 20 years. There's been so many podcasts on this, so many like movies or like documentaries on this. It's been like a wild, wild case. And there's been some people that have said Scott is arrogant. He is, you know, he's smug. He comes from this family where he thinks he can say and do anything and get away with anything but we don't think he's a murderer and then there's other people that say like the same thing but the opposite right like he's all of these things so he totally thinks that he can get away with murder (laughs) so i don't know again my opinion i think from everything that i've seen and every like podcast every show every everything that i've watched i think he's guilty the prosecution says that they think he's guilty And they are basically saying that the LA Innocence Project is just looking into it to make sure that every single piece of evidence was like thoroughly investigated, but they're like, they're probably not going to find anything. So it'll be interesting to see. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll have to keep an eye out and really like, but that also did catch my attention. Why him? Makes sense. They mentioned how Lacey could have been murdered because she was a witness to a home invasion. Mm -hmm. The way she was killed is hate. Mm -hmm. It's personal. There's Mm -hmm. no way. If it would have been like, I mean, they cut her off. This doesn't make sense why a home invasion robber would go to the lengths of it just doesn't make sense. But it also brings up like that other we could be here all day about dad with the Chris Watts situation. Very similar. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we'll definitely keep an eye on that and we can bring it up in our podcast or if anybody else listening has other theories why the LA Innocence Project, I thought I saw somewhere that his mom is a volunteer there. So we can probably look or maybe funding. Right. Interesting. I didn't even think about that. Alrighty. So we'll definitely move into our topic of the podcast. And as we start kind of like the year last podcast was about like intentions and things like that. And then this year, we're moving along into like kind of like a lighter topic as we start the year and travel and activities. I think a lot of individuals start thinking about the travel the summer getting times off and sometimes our calendars can get so busy. So I know Natasha is a big time planner for beginning of the year. So what do you do? Like, what is your method? Like, do you go through your bucket list? Do you sit and look at the calendar? How do you do your travel or activity planning for the year? Yeah, I'm excited and love this topic. And I just wanted to say before I give my answer, but yeah, I think the biggest thing and the reason like for us that we start planning early on and I'm sure other families do is like you said Millie that PTO right if you're working you gotta put in that time make sure you have like everything covered make sure you beat other people to like getting that time off so I think you know if you haven't started planning your 2024 like let's talk about it let's start planning for us 
it's a combination of things. So we have a spreadsheet for, and we'll talk a lot about spreadsheets, but we have a spreadsheet for our budget, for our annual budget. And that includes like how much money we are going to have for travel for the year. So we start there, we like evaluate what we have. And then from there, we start talking about like things that we want to do, right? So like, where do we want to go? What do we want to do? And honestly, like for us this year, none of the trips that we're making were based on what we want to do. This year is all about family. So like one of our big trips is for a family reunion. And we've known about this family reunion for like a year now. So we planned Mm -hmm. that out. And then the second trip, the second big trip that we have this year is for another like family event. So because of that, like we knew that these two things were coming up. So we planned pretty much everything around them. Otherwise, if we know, okay, this year, we really want to go here and there, we'll plan around putting those things into place. The other thing is professional stuff. So one of the trips that we're making is to go to one of my professional conferences for sports medicine. And so what that looks like is We'll go there. I'll be in conference. It'll be, you know, daddy daycare for a couple of days. And from there in the evenings, we'll hang out. And then we have like a day or two extra added on to that trip to explore the area we're going to. So we'll do it based on that. Or like if my husband, if he has a conference, we'll go with him. You know, that way you get a couple of free nights based on, at least for us, our organizations help us pay for that. And then we just explore while we're there. And, you know, that's another way that we save money. So for us, again, it's always around like major family events around like bucket list items if we don't have anything planned and around professional conferences or times that our travel would get paid for by other companies, individuals, organizations, whatever it may be. How about you all? How does that look for you guys? We have a bucket list or that darn social media tells us (laughs) where to go and like I think as my kids are my boys are getting older I think it's important to kind of have experiences so I noticed I growing up we used to do a lot of big family vacations and then we really wouldn't do a whole lot for the rest of the year because well yeah all the funds got taken in the big family vacation but we're trying to do like a main one once a year and then do little trips like maybe a theme park here Mm -hmm. or road trip for the weekend here so things like that last year we were able to do a road trip it was like let me think how long the road trip was i think it was like a seven day or eight day road trip and we basically went up the coast and our final destination was portland and it was the best time we've ever had because Nobody was telling us where to go. We were mm-hmm. on our own time. Um, we had a little hiccups. And I realized like road trips are definitely our go-to. So we're planning on working on a road trip this year, hopefully in the summertime, mm-hmm. to be able to just explore. And I want to tie in national parks. So we're still mm-hmm. kind of deciding what national parks we're going to travel to. But um, we got to see so many things. We got to experience a lot of different sites. It was a really a good vacation because, again, we, mm-hmm. we didn't need to be there during time. I like that. 
but I know cruising is on my number one list too. We do have a cruise book and I know you have a cruise book and I know you just did your first family cruise last year. So what did you learn or what would you share as things that will be helpful in the cruising portion? Yeah, I love that. Well, first I love road trips. Like that's our go-to right now too. Airplanes are good. So like both of my kids are in different stages, right? Where Zori does pretty well in the car, but Cassius, like his tummy hurts. He wants to stop. He wants to do this. He wants to do that. So road trips have been really good, but we can't go more than like three to four hours because then like he starts getting like irritated. But then flying, um, we had a couple of flights with Zori, my baby girl, And it's been so hard with her because she just wants to get up. She wants to touch everything. She wants to like, she doesn't want to sit. So it's like each kid has their own preference. Whereas on the flight, Cassius had his iPad. He was like chilling. He was good to go. Like we did a couple of activities of like, we had the gel stickers that went on the windows. We read some books. So we like mix it up where we do some activities, some device time, some activities, but with the baby girls, we didn't have devices for her until like she's just barely now getting like introduced to them. So anyway, I'm glad that road trips are awesome and that you guys had a great time on that. As far as cruising, we started with a really short one. It was literally like two nights, two and a half days on board. I think the biggest thing that worked for us is similar to what you were saying like there were so many activities on the cruise but we did not subscribe to that like we were not like we're going to be here at 8 we're going to be here at 8 30 we're going to be there at 9 and then at this one at 10 o'clock we did not do that we just like picked one or two activities in the morning between lunch and dinner and then like one after dinner we did it very slow we enjoyed our time we slept in well baby girl does not sleep so what we would do is in the morning while my son is sleeping I would take her we would walk around the decks we would walk around the whole ship we would go get breakfast and then we would bring breakfast back to the room wait for the boys to like gather themselves and everybody would eat in the room like so we didn't even do any breakfast outside of the room we had like a nice little balcony so we sat out there we chilled then we would go to like an arts or crafts activity or we would go to a show we would do that and then we had lunch and then we went to the pool and we enjoyed the pool and after that we like chilled again had naps did whatever our itinerary was very fluid and gentle so that's what i recommend like i mean and some families thrive by like go 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 not our family at least not right now with the kiddos being so little so even on the next cruise that we have which is this fall that's the same plan there's like so much to do so we plan to do like a couple of excursions to get off the cruise but on the cruise like we'll just you know take it easy do whatever activities we can and we try to plan it out to where like if there's something that we have to do like that becomes the focal activity So yeah, do what your family like does best. But with kids, I feel like rushing or like having specific plans gets tough. So if you do have those plans, at least like add in some flexibility. Otherwise, if you don't have those plans, like just go with the flow, like do you. Yeah, I like this being spontaneous and going with the flow and just 
not being so rigid because I know families that are very like at eight o'clock, we're waking up at nine mm-hmm. o'clock, we're eating breakfast at 10 o'clock, we're going in an excursion. And like my point of vacationing is, is not to be told what to do at a certain mm-hmm. time. So I love that. I think we follow the same model. I've, when my babies were younger, like my boys are now, now 10 and five, but when they were like around your baby's age, we just went with the flow. And we did a lot of that stuff and like activities and whatever worked and no pressure, no stress, because I mean, it's literally you taking care of your kids in a different location. So the parenting doesn't stop. And then they're always wanting to stay busy. But what would you tell like our pod listeners, you know, we talk about vacations, and obviously, that's an extra thing that people have to budget. But like, what would you tell them in terms of like, savings or credit cards? Or are there any tips or tricks? Yeah, absolutely. And I love that segue into it. So I think there's a couple of things like even staycations and activities around the house are great ways to like either introduce your family to starting to think about like travel and different adventures, or just to keep you occupied, right? And that could look like doing a museum day or exploring several different parks. I actually just met, I'll put her Instagram into the show notes, but I just met a mom who runs the Orange County, it's called OC Playgrounds or something like that. She literally has every single Orange County playground on her blog on this list and they're amazing and she always like shares those but even something like that like okay Friday we're gonna do a playground here Saturday we're gonna do one here that's like the real budget things right something like camping but as far as things that we specifically do is we use our credit cards so we have a couple of different credit cards we have the Amax Platinum that we use specifically for travel. And then we have the Amax Gold. And with the Amax Gold, it's the fastest accruing credit card. Like it, I think it's like 5%. I could be wrong, but it accrues the money the fastest for you to use your points on travel, on whatever you need to spend them on. So for the Amax Gold, we use that card for like groceries, gas, bills, whatever bills can be put on a credit card, we put it on that credit card. A caveat for all of this is like, obviously, you have to be disciplined and you have to pay your bills. Like at the end of the month or the first of the whenever your bill is due, right? We put things on there that we know we're going to get right. Like we're always going to get groceries. There's no way that we can survive without groceries. So all of that goes on there. We can't live without light or electricity in the house. So if we can put those bills on there, we're going to put them on there. And it's things that are paid off at the end of the month. If it's like bigger expenses, that'll go on our platinum card. And then we use the platinum card to book travel. So a couple of things, for example, like as far as the credit card perks, one, there is obviously some initiation fees or, you know, those enrollment fees when you get these credit cards. I want to say like even for like the platinum and the gold, you either have to have an invitation from a member or you like have to get in when they have openings. So that's kind of the hard part there. But when we book travel, so if you book travel with your platinum Amax, 
you get bags that fly free. So that's included. So you don't have to worry about checking bags. You accrue points with it. You also get like $25 of credit to eating out every month. So we make sure we take advantage of that. You get $50 at Saks Fifth Avenue. So what we've been doing is every six months we go and we get like a gift card for $50. And so we have like a ton of these gift cards so that it adds up. So one day maybe I'll get a Chanel purse. I don't know. (laughs) Dwayne was laughing at me because I said that. He was like, "Um, you're going to have to wait like another 20 years for for the $50 to accrue. (laughs) I was like, fine, fine. Maybe I'll get a Chanel fragrance instead of a purse. That's close. Oh, that's funny. And then obviously, like any credit cards that you use, those points will accrue, right? So then most of the weekend trips that we do, which on the months that we don't have travel, we try to do like a short road trip to, you know, what's we're in Southern California. So Palm Springs, San Diego, Santa Barbara, places like that. And we use the free nights that we accrue. Most of the time they're either Marriott or Hilton, or sometimes if it's, you know, through the Amex app, cause they have an app where you can book your travel. We'll like find a cute little place that we can stay. But, you know, I know a lot of people say like at Airbnbs and that's all nice, but they're not free. So <laughs> we stay mostly at hotels because of that. So again, for me, it's these credit card perks. And then the other thing that I wanted to mention really quickly before I pass it on to you, Millie, is the different service job discounts that you can get. So as a faculty member, I get discounts for Disneyland, for different things like that. So we usually have a trip that's planned around Veterans Day because there's a lot of places that you can get free food. There's the Long Beach Aquarium, that's free. So even if we go to Santa Barbara, like the zoo's free out there for veterans, different things like that. I think even like when you and I, Millie, when we were talking about planning the zoo, I was like, let me get the tickets because I can get them at a discount. Yeah, just knowing where you can get different discounts or even, you know, like the last Monday of every month, like is a free museum day or something like that. So like knowing what those things look like in your area. It takes some planning at times, so having that plan at the beginning of the year of figuring that out because otherwise like we get busy with our lives and then you know you just go with the flow and you spend that extra money and that's okay too so anyway I'll pass it on to you what do you guys do as far as perks credit cards free nights yeah I wanted to say like that makes all the sense in the world to plan something around veterans day because it's not just the Wayne it's the family too right I don't know what service discounts I get, girl, because I'm not a teacher. I mean, I do therapy. I mean, maybe I don't What's know. A, yeah, you're you're in a public service job. So okay, so I'll, yeah, I'll definitely talk about that. But AAA, I remember going to the San Diego Zoo, and I remember like they were like, oh, if you have AAA, you can get like ten dollars off a ticket. Also, planning. I didn't realize like planning around free stuff, like the museums. You know, one of the things that a lot of people are dealing with right now is this economy. So it's like. Do you even have enough to go anywhere? And at times it doesn't even have to be that expensive. Like you said, if you plan around free museums, pack a couple Mm -hmm. of snacks and eat later on. But I am curious to look more into the Amex Gold. I've been getting invites and you did mention that there is a yearly fee. And sometimes I think it ranges from $400 to maybe $600. -hmm. It seems like a lot. But when you look at the perks, it basically pays off for itself. 
So we are Amex Bon Boy lovers. We <laughs> support area like it's no tomorrow. We also do not do Airbnbs. I feel that for safety reasons and for my comfortability, I need to mm. be in a hotel chain. In fact, I was at the Anaheim Marriott, I think it was July 4th or July 5th when there was a small earthquake. Yeah, just the way the management took care of us and was like very communicative. Like, mm -hmm. so I need that safety, there's security, there's valet. So I need that comfortability, like, and peace. Mm -hmm. And on a budget, rarely have we stayed in other chains. And typically, it's like a boutique style or mm -hmm. things like that. But we put pretty much everything on our Amex Bonvoy. But I'm definitely going to look into the Amex Gold. And we've seen the perks like the perks really mean a lot when you have a long stretch of vacation days and you have to focus on lodging. Mm -hmm. And those points definitely like come in. But I think planning ahead and the point situation and I'm learning more from you how to add more of the bills on the card because also not everybody takes Amex. So I'm looking for another visa card. Mm -hmm. Another thing that I wanted to say is like these Amex Platinum and Gold really works if you're a traveler. If you're mm -hmm. not a traveler, you won't be able yeah. to partake of perks. So if that's not where you are then I don't know if these would be like the correct. Yeah. correct. I, I would not recommend them. If you're doing like the weekend activities and things like that, I would stick with like, you know what a good one is? The Chase Freedom, that's a visa. And that one okay. I really like because every quarter there's a different perk. So the first quarter oh. of the year might be gas. So anytime you get gas, you use the Freedom card because you'll get 5% back. The second quarter might be groceries. So anytime you shop at a grocery store, you'll get 5% back on that. Every quarter they have a different like incentive or a different perk, but you get 5% cash back on it. So you have to like <laughs> know those things. So that's a really good visa to have. If you're a big Costco person, we have the Costco visa. And oh. so that one is really good because one, you get to use it at Costco and it has your like membership on the back. So you never have to like bring your membership card you just have to have your credit card with it. We've booked a, a couple of travel trips through Costco. So if you book through Costco, you get like double the money back. A lot of the times towards the end of the year, we end up getting like almost like a thousand, sometimes over a thousand dollars back on our Costco card. You know, it's Costco cash. So it's like, it's not like you get cash cash, but if you go to Costco like we do, right, <laughs> it pays for itself. Yeah. yeah. So if you do weekend activities and if you are looking for a credit card, I highly recommend the Freedom, Chase Freedom. It's a visa. Costco visa. It's a good one always. But yeah, the Amaxes, that's like travel because you make the money off of travel. So if you fly a lot, I recommend those because you get the lounge access. So you get like Delta yeah. lounge access and I think you get priority pass. I could be wrong. That might still be just the Chase Premier or something. Um, like. In our road trip, we stayed in a, like different properties as we made it up the coast. And some of them had lounge access at night. They would put like a little dessert, like mm -hmm. a cookie for yeah. free. Well, not for free. I guess I paid for it already <laughs> through, the, through the car. The kids loved it. They were like, oh, we can get ice cream for free. You know, they love yeah. free. But even though they don't 
uh, mommy and daddy already literally paid for it. Yeah. But it was fun. It, and then we would get to warm up our food. So mm-hmm. there's different perks. I wanted to say like the level of execution that you have for the amount of credit cards is amazing because I would get lost with all the ones that you juggle but they benefit you at the end with your travel this is all Dwayne right so like I know most of the perks because like we talk about it together all of our spreadsheets and everything is shared right but he runs the show on it so I love that I wanted to get us moving into the actual travel tips I mean those were really great travel tips oh and I was gonna say I really love the lounge conversation so yes if you have like the Bonvoy Amex Bonvoy card or any like even if you're high up because you've stayed at like the Marriott's a lot make sure you ask about the lounges like that's super important so thank you for that Millie moving into travel tips with the road trip that you just had with one that you're planning what do you all do to include age-appropriate activities for the kiddos and the adults obviously so that was one thing that we learned this time around the things that they enjoyed so we have to pick like a kid activity whether it's a museum there so that's another thing going back a little bit so we had an itinerary that we do on this app called wonderlog and i love it Mm -hmm. so we had a full-on itinerary with my husband um we didn't get to do it all because we had a little kinks and stuff but one thing that i asked my children like what was the good thing about your trip so they were really into the kids activity my kids are foodies so they loved like having to try different things going to the lounge they like the good life so they (laughs) were just they loved anything that had to do with pool and spa so Unfortunately, one of the properties did not have a pool, which as I'm planning forward, I'm like, Mm -hmm. we need a pool because kids in water, they just love. So that would have been good. We carry a lot of fun activities. They have a little Polaroid camera, so they're always taking pictures. So yeah, just kind of planning things around that. My oldest, (laughs) he's a little prince, so they love having to stay at all these different properties. They just love Mm -hmm. the comfortability. You know, they feel like they're treated like kings and princes. So just them being in a hotel is like everything to them. But definitely definitely keeping them busy and planning a kid-related activity. It could be something new. So that's something that I definitely want to keep in mind. What about you guys? I love it. Same. We went to Indianapolis and Chicago. So same thing. Literally, they went to two children's museums they went to two zoos right so Cassius he's very much like I'm fancy um you know we do fancy Friday so he wore a button up to school today but he enjoys the fancy life Zori you know not so much yet but either way they love all of that so during the day we'll find a playground so that's another thing they're at that age where they still love playgrounds so it doesn't always have to be like a paid activity it could just literally be like you said a beach it could be a pool at the hotel it could be a playground that we research and find and the other thing that i wanted to say i know we talked about like discounts earlier but a lot of children's museums if you have a membership they will take your membership at your home museum and apply it to that children's museum so for example we have a membership at the discovery cube in Orange County. And so they took that membership and they applied it. So we were able to get into the Chicago Children's Museum for free. Always ask. There's been a couple that I asked and they're like, no. 
<laughs> no, ma'am. But there's some that they do. So yeah, definitely like not only age appropriate, but also like appropriate to what they like. So, you know, Millie with you, like, you know, your kids love these certain things. So you'll add that. And same thing with us. Like, you know, we know what they like, what they kind of gravitate to. So it'll be based on that. But I'll jump us into like family friendly resorts. Do you specifically look up like, okay, when you're traveling, because I know you are Marriott family, but do you specifically look up like, okay, in this place, I have three choices and I can get this family friendly one. Or is that just based on like, if you can, you can, if not, like, we'll figure something out. So previously I wasn't, but then (laughs) since I started talking to you about family friendly resorts, I've been kind of open eye of like Mm -hmm. seeing different resorts and seeing what they have. We stayed in one property, which we were just, we lucked out. It was, the property was next to a children's museum, actually, uh, Northern California. So that kind of worked out. And I realized from that moment how convenient it is Mm -hmm. to have activities in the hotel that have that family friendly so as we move forward then yeah some spaces like when we were going up north to portland there was no choices we strictly stayed marriott because also the perks so not only do we book our vacations through the marriott app but then we also go back and roll it our cost or you know Mm -hmm. expenses back a circle like we get six times points seven times points and i know i would love for you to share when you get a chance amongst all your other excel all the family friendly resorts hotels that you have stayed in because when my babies were young staycations was our mm-hmm. go-to yeah absolutely and that's a great idea so you know what i think obviously like we dazzle our audience with how awesome we are but i think we'll provide that free resource and i'll start a google sheet start putting all of that in so we can share with our audience on our new website visit our new website woohoo! and we can share the pdf to them yeah absolutely I'll create it, can plug in anything that you know, and then we'll share that as a free resource and y'all can just jump in and out and be a viewer on the sheet. What a great idea. But yeah, we love us a family-friendly resort. Marriott is actually really good about that and so is the Ritz-Carlton. So Marriott, like they actually have programs where you can pay $60 a day, which I know can be a lot, but it includes a lot of things. So. It's activities. So they usually do like an activity every couple of hours. So they'll do like tie dye t shirts. They'll do like a bingo night. So it's a lot of different activities, which are fun. And we still like we'll get off the grounds and go somewhere else and come back and do an activity. So I love that. And even like the Ritz, we stayed at the Ritz Carlton in Chicago, and it was not very kid friendly. Like it's Chicago, right? Buildings are like on top of buildings. So there was not much to do, but they were so prepared. As soon as we came into checkout, they had this like wagon full of toys and they let the kids each choose a toy that they can play with at the room or, you know, in the dining area. So even that like is a really cute sentiment. So we love family friendly resorts. We love the activities that they do. The Oh, one more, the Ritz Carlton here in Laguna Niguel, which is where Dwayne and I got married, but they have a playground on there. You can go walking down 
down to the beach. They also have like tennis courts and basketball courts and activities. They have s'mores and things like that. So it's a really great staycation place. So last but not least, before we get into some stories from our social media community, but travel activities, and this could be, you know, toys, books, devices, games. I know you have a really cool way of doing it, like by just bringing like a whole suitcase of things, which you've shared in the past. How do you plan that? Or what do you do to get those activities together to make road trips fun, hotel, like rest times fun? Electronics are a must. Mm -hmm. You know, they're on vacation. Toys, we're moving away from toys as my boys are older, but we used to carry like a little box of Legos. I put a little bit of Lego so they could build. And I think my little one still, we still carry a little Lego box, but they're big time drawers. So I will buy them like new canvas, like new sketch pads, and then like new art supplies. They each have their own travel backpack. So each travel backpack has like the things that they need Mm -hmm. and then snacks, snacks. Mm -hmm. So when we did the road trip, they slept a lot. So they had a special blanket. I know I'm so cheesy, but I try to theme it to the place that we're going. So I try to make a little care package for them. Like you're going here, we're going there. So for the most part, the kids have adjusted to how we are, especially as parents. There was a time in every vacation, there's a time that we just are so drained. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, mom and dad need to take a nap. We're in the hotel room, obviously. And right. it's like, what do you guys want to watch a movie? Do you want us to order you pizza? Like, and we're literally right there. Right. So that's one thing about my boys is that they're able to adjust. They also know it's quiet time or they also mm-hmm. love a lot of chilling, how they say. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what we do with the travel activities. What about you? I love it. So, you know, my whole travel Instagram started with my little traveler kits, which I still have on Etsy, but there's like so many businesses that do the same thing. So I've moved away from it a little bit, but they do a great job. And I actually have an Instagram post about it. So you can go check that out if you want. But either way, we do same thing. They each have their travel backpack. And then I use the travel kits, right? So I still put like a little travel kit together for them. And it's always based on where we're going. So like if we're going to the beach, I'll do like beach gel stickers that they can do on windows. I'll do like a little kinetic sand kit that they can do at the hotel, not in the car. You know, different magnetic activities, a couple of books. Zori's into like dolls now. So I'll have like a couple of dolls packed for her. We always have Legos because... Cassius is obsessed he loves Legos as well so we'll have that obviously the devices and like we'll flip and flop between that but we do give them like at least a couple of hours in between the day so like this could be lunchtime we'll like pick a lunch up and eat it in the hotel room or eat it really quick and go chill at the hotel and they'll do their activities obviously if it's a road trip they'll do them in the car so I like to do a lot of things that can be reusable and are you know something that like can last forever so there's a couple of things that like are wooden cars or wooden figurines that they've played with forever I hate having a bunch of stuff sometimes I do buy things at the like Dollar Tree I know I'm gonna throw out at the end of the vacation right like I get them on purpose because I'm like we're gonna leave them there but yeah just things that like will keep their attention and the older they get the more that I know of like okay they like this they like that so I'll pack those things those are our go-to's I definitely need to look into the reusable stickers. The boys can play as they're 
you know, they're putting stickers in the car or whatever. But yeah. traveling is like, you are the travel guru. It's always like, what are you doing? The thinking part can get exhausting. Mm -hmm. And I'm always like, okay, just send me the itinerary, girl, where you stayed, what you did. And I'm just going to follow it to the T. But with that being said, since you're into travel, I know you follow a couple of like travel pages. What tips have they like shared in the community? Yeah, absolutely. So there's definitely a huge community and I learn from them a lot of the time, like what they've done, where they have gone. Like, I think we just all switched tips, but I learned from this community. So we got three tips from a few folks from the travel community. So the first one is from Jen and she's on Instagram as the flying mum. So her biggest recommendations and travel tips are when you're traveling with a toddler or a baby, especially like on flights to have those hanging toiletry bags that you can hang on the hook from the, you know, pull down table. And in there, she'll put like bottles and snacks, small toys, activities, sanitizers. You're not digging through a lot of things. You just have it all in front of you and they can like even themselves pull it out or put it back. Also a full diaper bag for better sleep. Use clips to hang a blanket to block the either like the window or other areas, making sure that they have like a footrest, which could be like a suitcase, a pillow, making sure they have their blankets and they love like adhesive tray covers first of all you can use them to fight germs but also you can use them as like little trays for crayons and stickers and different activities that you would bring with you and yeah so she recommends that again she's the flying mom on instagram and i will put all of that into the show notes so y'all can have that and it'll be on our instagram page as well the next one we have is Nas or Naz from Bucket List Nas. And she says that their travel tips are their spreadsheets. So like, I think we have two spreadsheets. This one is they put everything on Excel with dates, flights, booking numbers, connections, hotels, excursions, all of the prices, the itineraries, also like restaurants and reservations. And it's been very helpful to keep everything organized, go back to it, see like what places they've gone. Maybe someone wants to plan a similar trip so they can just share that, you know, part of the spreadsheet or maybe even the whole spreadsheet. And they have a digital copy and also they can like print out non-digital copies. But the other tip that they had is to have digital copies of all of their travel documents, like passports and all of that, so that you're not just walking around with a like original, so nothing gets stolen and you have everything with you. And if it does get stolen or you lose it, you still have the digital copy like for proof essentially. And then our last tip comes from Dory and she is YOLO, let's go Insta on Instagram. <laughs> I love that. And her biggest tip is that they have a budgeting spreadsheet that her and her husband run. And this spreadsheet accounts for like all incoming and outgoing money. They basically make updates for upcoming trips different events and it's done yearly and like updated pretty much all the time so an example that she gave was when they moved to france for a gap year like let that be my life i want to move to france for a gap year no no biggie no biggie yeah <laughs> Just for a year. So they basically use this spreadsheet to plan their whole year of how their spending would look. And that would help them like go back and assess as needed to make sure that they're ready for that gap year and to make sure that they survive that gap year. 
So they had the like information that they input and then they were able to reconcile that with the actual cost that they spent throughout the year. And so some of the categories that they have on their spreadsheet is mortgage, cars, schools, school supplies, any bills, transportation, accommodations, tours, daily food, all of that is on there so they could kind of budget how money comes in and goes and yeah, have all of that. So we appreciate all of our travel community sharing their tips. I think they're awesome. And all of these people will be in our show notes and on our website. Yes, yes. And let us know where you're traveling to this year. Mm -hmm. Curious and what budget tips or budget y'all do. Absolutely. All right. So that was like a mouthful for everything. Millie, what are your takeaways from today? We need to travel more. (laughs) (laughs) We need to plan more trips. (laughs) We need to figure out how to get a gap year in Bali or God knows where. Oh my gosh. I know. Right. I always tell Dwayne this because I can work from anywhere, but he like has to be in the office. So I'm like, should I go by myself with the kids? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea, but definitely we're going to keep an eye on the Scott Peterson situation because uh, something just doesn't seem right. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to understand why he's innocent. Did the justice system get it all wrong? Who knows? Our main topic was traveling. So love the tidbits on the credit cards, but you have to be a responsible credit card holder. We don't want to get Absolutely. into debt. You know that you can't sustain maybe start slow maybe like Mm -hmm. start with maybe one that gives you cash back Mm -hmm. or hotel points so I like that and then the travel tips from the social community was so I love the Jen the flying mom obviously I don't Mm -hmm. have babies babies but that would have been so helpful when we did fly we're gonna have to learn a little bit more about these excel (laughs) sheets like that's the jam so that I'm going to probably do more research on these Excel sheets because it helps keep things on track. But what about you? Yeah, absolutely. So I think all of the same. I definitely learn from the travel community all the time. So we have like a budgeting for the year spreadsheet. I really like the spreadsheet that like has all of the trips and the costs and like the links. So I love that. I love your road trip information of like, you know, stopping at the different hotels and like having the flexible days and like just chilling, not having the itinerary or like not following it strongly. So I love that. Like you said, Scott Peterson will keep y'all posted on that. But those are my main ones. Yeah, I want to travel more too. Like, I feel like we travel a lot, but I want to do it more. I want the gap year like you do. So let's do it. Yeah. So thank you to our listeners. Thank you for the feedback. You can follow us, rate us, review us, leave a voicemail. You can even be a guest on our show if there is a topic that you are passionate about and you need to get out to the world we would love to have you here absolutely thanks everyone bye bye